Right. Again, uh... <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we are back for an episode 12 of the Hustle podcast. And today I have a really good friend of mine, Ricky Rothman, who owns Roots Juice Bar. And if you are somebody who's thinking about getting into starting a business, maybe you're passionate about more of like the health industry and creating healthy avenues for uh, food companies, um, we're going to kind of pick Ricky's brain, understand how he got started. He's been in it for a long time, understand the success, the failures, uh, so that you can be empowered and inspired. So Ricky, why don't we got some uh, shots here? I say we wait, wait till the end. Wait um, till the end, huh? <laughs> you got to end it with like a good shot. Activated <laughs> charcoal, activated charcoal. Uh, so why don't you kind of share with some people that are listening just how you got started in like the business? Um, cause it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> making me, uh, making me feel old. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how long have you, you started back, like literally you didn't even, you were doing like farmer's market and everything. So take us way back in the journey of yeah. like how it started. Well, you can kind of think of it a little bit as a love story. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. I was going to high school at Foothill and my wife now, um, Mariah is, she was going to Shasta high school and we both graduated, started, I started working for Dutch bros coffee in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like if you don't live in Reading and you don't work at Dutch bros, like, did it actually happen? Yeah. Did it actually yeah. happen? <laughs> um, and we, we met working there together and started dating and, uh, and I was a kid that was raised off of bologna sandwiches, you know, macaroni and cheese. Mm -hmm. Like it was like juice was not a big part of my life, but it was a big part of Mariah's. And so as we started dating, getting to know each other and she started to introduce me into these uh, different ways of eating, we'll say, um, my mind kind of turned it into a little bit of a business. Yeah. Um, and even back then, I don't even think I knew what entrepreneur was. I had mm-hmm. no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, all I knew was that there was something special there that I was really starting to enjoy that was being introduced into my life that slowly turned into what everybody knows now as Roots Juice Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was in 2012, roughly 11 years ago now when the fir- when the idea first started happening. And, um, and Would really- you say like during that time, like... I mean, was there a lot of like, like in similar businesses or where you felt like you were introducing to Reading like uh, a concept that nobody's like really ever like tackled? There was, I mean, there's Jamba Juice, you know, yeah. there's, there's those really sweet drink places that existed at the time. Um, and I had heard that there were places that, that kind of tried and dabbled, but never really caught on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that Roots was the first one that really took off yeah. and, that, and that people really accepted and, and jumped on board with. Um, and so for us, there wasn't too much competition at the time. Over the years, a lot more popped mm-hmm. up. But uh, but yeah, in the beginning, it was brand new. Was it just, it was so funny is like, we're actually like really good friends, but I've actually never heard like how you guys all kind of started out. Did you guys just like, I mean, just coming up with like a juice menu and like the benefits and like just the concept, like with Mariah's background, did you feel like you were doing a lot of research of like what, what complements certain things? Or was it just like, Hey, let's just try blending all this stuff together and seeing what happens. Uh, no, it was <laughs> trial and error, hundred percent trial and error. So we, uh, I mean, we started with a chalkboard. We started at the farmer's market, like you mentioned, and the hardest part in the beginning was getting the product into people's hands because mm-hmm. people see a green juice and the immediate or an activated black charcoal yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah. 
And the immediate it's thought elevated. is like, whoa, what is that? I'm not sure I want to try that, you know? Yeah. Um, and they would walk right past our booth. And we're a couple 21, 22-year-olds mm-hmm. um, sitting behind a booth trying to sling these juices. And, and we knew we just had to get it into their hands. So it was like, it was us hustling around the table, getting people to try these products, um, carrying our little chalkboard around with four different drinks on it at the time, mm-hmm. um, explaining to people what goes in it and and why it's good for them. And and literally, it was it was giving that stuff away for free and and showing people our different blends that really got them hooked and interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they realized it tasted good and it was good for them, I feel like that's kind of when it started. When clicking. it started clicking. So then, from the farmers market, you moved into uh, there was like a Country Organics is now it or where's it was off yeah, of Bocelli. It was off Bocelli. And yeah. So that was kind of our first um, big hurdle, I would say, is. We were working the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I was there full time. I was a manager of one of the stores. And then I was kind of hustling doing the farmer's market on the side. Mm-hmm. And the farmer's market was every Saturday and Sunday. Um, but what that meant for us was that Friday we'd go shopping. We would stay up until midnight, maybe 2 a.m. juicing mm-hmm. and cleaning up after ourselves in the kitchen at home. And then we would bring all of that to farmer's market, um, sell it that morning, bring home those supplies, clean everything up start over again, do it for Sunday morning, come home, clean up, and then go work Dutch Bros. Wow. Um, and that was for a good six months. But Shelly was, was a hurdle because of the in- initial investment to get started with a store, mm-hmm. um, which, again, being local kids, we really started off with about $4,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting a store open was a huge hurdle. That yeah. was, that was a, a tough thing to do. Now, like 12 years into it and looking back, like what would, do you feel like just the initial hurdle was just the concept of it's healthy, your body needs it. And just, would you say that was more the uh, struggle as kind of launching Roots Juice or was it actually understanding how to run a business or both? Um, I mean, both. Yeah. yeah. There was, so there's that saying ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody says ignorance is bliss. And I say at this point now in my career, ignorance is not an excuse for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is bliss. It's true. Yeah. But it's not an excuse for anything. And so in business, um, you have to teach yourself as you go. You Mm -hmm. have to. Um, Yeah. You have to learn everything that is expected of an entrepreneur, whether somebody's there to teach you or not, you have to teach yourself. Totally. And do you, so as you guys kind of grew, you got into one of your storefronts, then it led to actually having your own like second, which was off of Churn Creek um, and then moved to Pine, right? Like you kind of like yeah started, kept growing and everything like that. As you kind of continue to do that, what changed for you? Just more, uh, more people were more aware of Roots Juice and you're like, hey, now I kind of understand how like a business is profitable and I can grow. Or is it just like, hey, we need to take another risk to actually get larger exposure for people? Was it kind of both options? Um, no. So I would say, so after Farmer's Market, um, we had talked to family and we were able to get, I think we rallied together about 10, maybe $15,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back in 2013 to open Michelli. Um When that happened, when we went from farmer's market and making that full-blown commitment to we're going to quit our jobs at the coffee shop, we're going to go full-time into juice, Mm -hmm. um, and we opened Bocelli, and we put everything we had in there plus money that wasn't ours, our family, you know, Mm -hmm. um, day one was kind of the the game-changing moment where 
we knew at that time, we knew we needed 60 juices per day. Mm. We needed 60. Yeah. And day one we open and I didn't really hire anyone because we were, we weren't even a business yet, really. I mean, we were selling juices at a farmer's market. Yeah. So I didn't hire too many people, but 600 people showed up that day <laughs> to buy a juice. <laughs> You're like, hang <laughs> on one I'm second. Running, <laughs> I am running around that store. That was a game changing moment for us where, where now it was time to learn, right? Yeah. And so, and you brought up Churn Creek and I want to tell that story real quick because it leads into Churn Creek, um, us having to learn how banks work and how to how to actually borrow money from mm -hmm. a bank rather than from family. And so we did 600 drinks that first day. Everything changed. We went full time. Um, I think we hired about four or five people, mostly mostly friends or people that we had some sort of connection to. Um, I wouldn't even say that we really hired our first employee for a good year. Yeah. Because we were just surviving off of the friend's wagon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you like juice, you're coming to work with me. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm putting in 60 hours at the time. Yeah. And so so after two years of doing that, um, we were officially able to go and get a loan from a bank. And that's where Churn Creek came into play, which gotcha. was our second store. We opened it on the other side of town. Um, it was it was when we could show the bank two tax returns and actually borrow some money, mm -hmm. um, which was a huge learning curve for us too, because we never had access to something like that before. We came mm -hmm. from pretty humble beginnings, both of us did, so. Yeah. How would you say like, I mean, if anybody's like listening or watching or whatnot, I mean, you really had like, you didn't have like a silver platter handed to you where, you know, you had money supporting you just to like take on the risk or possibly the failures of it. Um, and then you basically started a whole company that you had no business background, no real yeah. juice background. So really you created, nothing something out of thin air basically and basically kept believing it what got you that momentum to keep going when you know you were basically stumbling into like entrepreneurship how to run a business how to talk to banks like what kept that momentum going um i would say it's just like having those long-term goals for yourself yeah knowing knowing that like for us it, for me it was a perfect storm having met Mariah when I did and knowing that I, I wanted to settle down with her and knowing that she was the one mm -hmm. got me thinking long-term as it was, right? And so, and then at the same time, having this business that I I wasn't planning, right? This was, mm -hmm. it was happening to me as much as I was running it. Mm -hmm. um, it was growing at like 200% a year. Mm -hmm. um, sales were just doubling every single year and, it, and we were just trying to keep up. Um, the the hustle came or the hustle the grind the effort mm -hmm. that we put in really came from thinking 10 years ahead mm -hmm. like what do i want to do with my life what uh you know how do i want this to look like yeah you know how to how do i want to kind of you know divulge in it and i think you know obviously we got to know you guys what like five years ago yeah five years ago yeah um and i would say like something that like i've always admired about you guys is like you're not afraid to leverage like if you all know our well, French, that's that's a new thing. <laughs> that, that's a new thing. Okay, more recently, you, yeah. you you're in a bit of a more 
more uh, forward thinking. Like I am like, say for rainy day, like our very first couple episodes of this podcast, we talked about how contrastically different Dylan and I, when it comes to money, I'm like the Swiss person save, you know, don't leverage super quickly. Like I have to see the whole like pros and cons. And I think that's something that I've always admired about you guys. Like you're willing to take the risk and it may not work. Like, I mean, you had different business opportunities that you did, yeah. like you did the escape room. Um, and I'm sure you learned a lot from that. It's not that you fell flat on your face. It's just that you learned yeah. different ways of structuring a business and being successful or saying that's not for me but you took the risk and I think that's super admirable. And so like, as you've grown roots from the farmer's market to Bocelli to Churn Creek to now Pine, which Pine was a huge game changer for you to add a drive-through, yeah. like, you know, there's always a risk involved in that um, with that. So I've always been impressed by your leveraging skills. Um, now, as you have people come to you, I think something that's cool is your 12 years of experience. You've had so much knowledge and understanding because you know how it is starting from nothing to where you guys are now uh what do you find that most people like come to you and like talk to you like hey ricky i just kind of want to maybe not necessarily be exactly like you but like if i'm an entrepreneur what's the biggest thing like you i feel like you love to tell like being inspiring other people about like mm -hmm. um before i answer that i want to go back to the, <laughs> the risk <laughs> Um, in it. <laughs> I do love taking risk, um, but I always, it's a calculated risk. Right? Yeah. I'm not just risking it. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Not, we're not just doing that there. Um, so I, I really do believe that when you calculate something out really, really well mm -hmm. and you consider all factors as or as many as you possibly can, mm -hmm. risk is great. Yeah. Um, and it can lead to to bigger rewards a lot of times. I will say you are like a but, walking calculator. Like, <laughs> this is the return of investment. This is the percentage. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But like, for instance, the escape room, it was okay for us to lose there because we had at the time so little invested mm -hmm. compared to what we had going on. Yeah. Um, when we start again, when we started roots, it was with $8,000. Mm -hmm. So we're not, it's when we talk about risk, it's calculated. What's $8,000? You know, when I think about the next 50 years of my life, what's 8,000 going to do to me? Mm -hmm. It's it's not going to kill me. Before I move and tag on what you were going to, you know, share about like entrepreneurs that may come to you and find you so relatable for where you started to where you guys are now. What would you say like you're being in a dynamic? I mean, even with us being in real estate, like Dylan has his strengths in our, re our real estate company and I have my strengths. Like for Mariah, like do you... I mean, I know her, so I'm like trying not to like assume that I know this. So <laughs> for well, being also, in like well, in yeah, a marriage you know now, also ten years ago, ten Brian, years ago, I no, mean, we both have changed a ton. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So what would you say, growing in as a partnership? Do you find that like you know you couldn't have done roots without like Mariah's like because like she ha obviously has a strength. You seem super calculated now and understanding what calculated risk is. Yeah, uh, I would say fairly to say that she would be more of like the visionary of like more of the creative color side of mm -hmm. how it all comes together. Would that yep. be a fair statement? I would say, well, I'd say, you know, I think Mariah has the discipline mm -hmm. that I wish I had. Mm -hmm. Like she, she's the one who can, she can daily handle anything that, any tasks that need to be done throughout the week that need to be organized. She has the discipline to do that. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like I'm bouncing off walls all the time. If it wasn't for her, I'd be all over the place. Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm always trying to create something new, which isn't necessarily the best thing for a business. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes it takes consistency and discipline and just doing well at what you're currently doing. Totally. Which, that's Mariah's gift. 
yeah. my gift is uh, vision, creativity, creation. Mm-hmm. Um, Just seeing like the more numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yep. You are um, the numbers guy. <laughs> yeah. I implement, but she can run what has been implemented. You and know? run it consistently. And run it consistently. Yeah. So, so going back, unless there's any other thoughts on the calculated risk that you mm-hmm. wanted to add to. On the calculated uh, just, just the fact that risk small win medium yeah rather than risk big win big yeah um because it's i mean it's hard it's hard to come up with anything to risk at all right Mm -hmm. so i've always been a big fan of of risk small win medium don't Mm -hmm. lose more than you can afford on anything whether it's stocks real estate business it doesn't matter yeah and with, uh, for people that come up, cause I know that you are now more passionate about like the entrepreneurs that people that want to start a business or s- watching people succeed because you have gone through the grind, you know, over the last 12 years, like where, where do you kind of point people in the right direction? Cause I think it is like super inspiring. Cause a lot of people that we interview on this podcast, like had a background or had, you know, some kind of education, you yeah. know? And so being in a startup position, like you were to where you are now, um, I guess if I was like in, hey, I want to start a business. Like honestly, Dylan and I will always say this. Like we know like real estate, real estate really well, but when it comes to food products, like you have lost me. Like I don't <laughs> even know where to start. So yeah. it's it's an entirely different business. But like for somebody who has that like desire of like, hey, I want to be in the food industry or the that kind of product industry. Like where would you even start? I'd start by. I mean, I could start right where I started in your home kitchen. Yeah. You know we totally winged it day one yeah we, we made it in our home kitchen that's not allowed it's you know <laughs> you know and i can talk, i can laugh about it now yeah <laughs> i can laugh about it now but like yeah 11 years ago we had no idea what we were doing we were doing it out of our home kitchen we had a lemonade stand on a sidewalk essentially it was mm-hmm. farmer's market but it was a lemonade stand <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we were just learning as we went you know, one day I met the environmental health department and I learned what I was <laughs> supposed to be doing and we figured it out. And, you know, you, you'll kind of come up to the hurdles and then you're either going to jump or Say I'm fall done. flat on your face. Yeah. Um, and the ones who choose to jump are the ones who are going to make it. Yeah. So commit, tell yourself you're going to, you're going to do it. Risk small when medium and, and just stick to it Yeah. and keep trying. I mean, just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, also segue, cause I think it's also interesting. Um, so you have developed obviously roots like that sustainable for you kind of growing in that. Um, I know that you've kind of started venturing out into different entrepreneur routes, like with real estate, yep. um, different, uh, portfolio investments and stuff like that. What is it just kind of, <clears throat> I guess maybe as somebody is like diverse, like you or, and trying to become more diverse, like, what would you say, like, kind of just drove you in that direction versus kind of just staying on business of roots? Um, well, I'd say, first of all, roots kind of, you know, we, we grew up to our three locations, COVID happened, we kind of backtracked, cut down to two stores. And mm-hmm. we felt really, really good about that because we were happy with the two locations we had. We didn't feel Reading was quite ready for a third one. We also met the Barretts. So real estate <laughs> kind of jumped into the, uh, into the picture. And And once we started dabbling in real estate, we realized that we don't have a backup plan to Roots at Mm -hmm. all. Um, So once we started dabbling in real estate, it was like, okay, as I'm looking around and see other people with retirement plans or like, you know, companies will match their 401ks or their IRAs or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, We don't have any of that lined up. Mm -hmm. We have a business, which is essentially our job. Mm -hmm. But when I think long term for us again, 
passive. What, the, what's there. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there. And so real estate is that for us. Yeah. Um, so we began putting anything that we would put into an IRA or a 401k or something like that into real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal is accumulate rentals. And hopefully, you know, over the next 20 years, we've got 10, 15, 20 of them behind us. Mm-hmm. And that can support us if our business is no longer around. Yeah. And I think that's like such a powerful thing for any business or entrepreneur is to know, like, just don't bank on your one thing. I mean, if you're crushing it and it's doing really well, that's awesome. But like the tentacles out to have a backup plan, because like you said, being a self-employed and an entrepreneur, it's like, I don't have like a 401k coming from my like, you know, business. It is me. Like, and yeah. And as even now roots at year 10, right. mm -hmm. We're at way less than 1% of being like, restaurants to make it 10 years, mm-hmm. less than 1% of them do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're even still here, we're still kicking, we're still, we're still growing. Yeah. Um, that's, I feel very fortunate. I feel very lucky. And so I'd, it would be almost irresponsible of me to not have some kind of backup plan yeah. knowing that we're less than 1% of a chance of being around as yeah. it is. And I think it does speak to the testament of like the power of community of just the capability of like something like Reading um, to get behind you. And that's where I just say, like, if you can do business well in Reading, um, or even in a small town, like for whoever's listening to this, like, or even just in your community in general, even if it's big, like knowing your community and knowing your demographic, like, I think that's why you've done so well. It's like people saw the hustle from day one to now. And it's like, you've built yourself a name. You're not just like a larger corporation coming in. It's just like, people want to champion people in this area for, you know, hard work and like your business, you know, obviously there's, you know, people have their own opinions on that, but yeah. I really honestly think like we wouldn't be where we are without like the community behind us. And like, you guys have always given back, always done more uh, to do that. So I think it's really inspiring to see somebody like yourself. I know Mariah's not here, but even Mariah um, to really start from nothing to be here and now think bigger. Okay. We've reached our 10. And instead of being like, Oh, we'll just coast, which I think some people get complacent in their business. Totally. It's like, hey, how can we now think bigger to give us another avenue to either pour back into roots or pour into a new avenue so that we're not just stuck? Because I think people get so married to their business that they get stuck and then they don't they know how to retire. They treat it like it's a job. Yeah. They, they treat it like like the business is the boss <laughs> and they're working nine to five. You yeah. Know? I see so many businesses, especially local ones that are, they take two days a week off. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they close the store for two days a yeah. week. And I don't think that's ever going to be roots. I think that's, I think that we're, you know. Yeah. We're seven days a week. We're always going to be growing. We're always going to be learning. There, there won't ever be this place of, uh, of sitting still, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just like, how, how can we, uh, open our lens as wide as possible and then reach capacity and then do a little bit more yep. or, Hey, sit to where you are thriving and you're comfortable and you're happy. I mean, I was just talking to Chris about this on the last podcast. It's just like, you know, you can sometimes get to a point where you're like, Hey, I'm happy if I just make this dollar amount every single year, like this makes my life comfortable. I can have a family, like I can live and not just eat, breathe, work. And I think that's where for people like you seeing that power of real estate or just in general, investing into something different, it allows you to not get burnt out on what started from day one with you, like a passion of, you know, building a roots company. So, yep. 
So anyway, well, uh, we have the cocktail of the activated charcoal. <laughs> I purposely you sound nervous. <laughs> well, I purposely did it at the end so just in case it activated, <laughs> and then we <laughs> wouldn't be sitting in a chair, me being all squeamish. Um, but uh, check out Roots Juice if you have not been by. They are at Churn Creek and Pine. Pine's a drive-through. I love Pine because I just drive through. Um, but uh, you guys are. Can I announce what you guys are starting? Or, yeah, okay. Uh, they are going to be starting breakfast um, items, which is super exciting. So if you're somebody who's like, I want to juice and something to complement like a breakfast sandwich, they're going to be start serving that, which is super exciting. Yeah. And uh, cheers to Saturday and an activated <laughs> charcoal shot. <laughs> Don't be nervous. This is a mild one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's not ginger. Cheers. Cheers. All right. And on, oh, shoot. And on that note, uh, we'll see you next week for the Hustle <laughs> Podcast, episode 13. Boom.